Welcome to House of Empath Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Elena, spiritual mentor, lifestyle blogger, and angel channeler. After years spent living through the eyes of my circumstances, I received the very answer that I needed to turn my life around. Angels. Through divine guidance, I took steps forward, overcame fears, transcended resistance, and found layers of self-love, compassion, and confidence that I never knew existed within me. What I realized was that you, nor I, need to live a life of fear and uncertainty. We can learn to trust and surrender and tap into the beautiful divine magic that is coursing through our veins right in this very moment. Join me every Wednesday as I dive deep into healing with a little love and support, a reminder to take back your power, and some angelic guidance along the way. You'll begin to take leaps of faith, change perspectives, and overcome the very things that are keeping you stuck. Now, without further ado, let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Today, we have a special guest, Shelby Sorensen. I'm so excited to have you here. She is a spiritual badass consultant, may I add. And she's one of my bestest friends, and I'm glad and want to welcome you onto the podcast. Yay, I'm so excited to be here, and this just is bringing up all sorts of memories from <laughs> us podcasting in, in the past. Like, oh, I'm so excited. Yes, and for those of you who don't know, Shelby and I had a couple of podcasts together. We were hosts together. We did so many magical episodes, and I will link those down below because I believe they're still playing, and there's lots of really good shit on there. So if they're still playing, you can check them out. If not, well... You can get us here. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so today we're talking about the ego, and we've had many conversations around the ego, but in the last few months, Shelby and I have grown tremendously, and our soul has our viewpoints, and we wanted to really bring up a topic of conversation that, you know, a lot of people would understand, both on the spiritual side and, I guess you can say, the ordinary. So, Shelby. Mm-hmm. What is the ego to you, my dear? Yes. In the and now. <laughs> <laughs> the ego to me. So to me, the ego is just so much tied to my experiences on this earth. My ego is tied to what I like to call like my meat suit. <laughs> it's, the, it's the voice within me that has really been with me and the primary voice most of my life until I really got to a place of awareness where I realized that I was the one observing my ego. So for most of my life, my ego was just a prominent interaction with myself. And I always look at it how average person kind of looks at ego. We see it as, you know, this kind of our personality, like people who have a big ego, their ego is inflated. They have a really big out there kind of in your face personality. So I do see it as that to a certain regard, but it, it, it's beyond that. It's, it's something that you can observe and it, it doesn't define you. It's part of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a beautiful way of putting it. Cause I think for so long, I think I always looked at it as something separate to me. Um, but in reality, it's kind of like seeing it as it is a part of me. And there's, you know, it's, it can go either way, right? It can go like, I can look at it as I can be, like you said, inflated. It can be like, damn, Christine, you're a badass. And like, there's a difference between confidence and an inflated ego. But this would be like, 
over the top, right? Like that's what you're saying, over the top mm -hmm. ego. Yeah. Um, and for a long time, I thought that the ego was just bad. I thought it was just a bad thing. I thought it was, fuck, the ego is like coming in and trying to mess me up and uh, it's trying to stop me. And I think a lot of times um, looking back on that, I, you know, talking about the spiritual community and, and no shame or anything like that or no hate towards spiritual community. But I think a lot of times we look at it as just the ego that is holding us back. And that's what I thought it was. And it created this negative relationship with my ego. And I used to think, oh my God, like the ego's holding me back again. Oh my God, F the ego. Oh, this ego trip. Oh, oh, ego bad, 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 bad. And in reality, the ego can actually serve us. And it can bring us into some really powerful, empowered moments, right? Because you have to have some sort of connection to the ego. So tell me a little bit about how you feel your growth with your relationship with the ego that makes sense <laughs> yes absolutely so just like you said i've had similar viewpoints of the ego because before my spiritual quote-unquote awakening i i didn't really know what it was i had heard of it and what we had talked about previously just it being inflated just how people throw that word around and then coming into the spiritual community i then saw that it was a different it can be perceived to be different. It can be perceived to tell you that you're less than versus greater than. Um, and, and having that knowledge really served me as I started my journey. But just like you, right, I started to resent that, mm -hmm. resent that part of me. I was like, oh, yeah, that damn ego. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? And, uh, and it's been an interesting journey of integrating that ego, it's, it's like an integration of my ego and my higher self because I really have stepped into a place of nurturing my ego. Um, there is a spiritual teacher by the name of Matt Kahn, and I really love listening to his teachings. This is someone that I've recently been introduced to and uh, by a good friend of mine. And one thing that he has talked about that I've heard recently and that I really realized that I was naturally doing on my own journey was just this idea that we have to nurture our ego and speak to it and consult with it as if it was a five-year-old child. Yeah. So you're not going to yell at a five-year-old child, right? If you actually want them to do something different or, or change, right? If you really want to instill like that loving energy, you're not just going to like scream and be like, you stupid, you stupid child. <laughs> Yeah, you don't, right? you don't do that. You, you approach things, you know, albeit maybe sternly at some points, but you're going to approach it with much more love and compassion right. and, than what you might be doing otherwise. Yeah. And, and that has really been where my evolution has been concentrated is just really shifting into this integration and then love. Right. Yeah. And I think it's, it's cool that you say less than versus greater than, cause that just, breaks it down completely and for me i have to be able to visually see it and i'm like oh, okay here we go that's where we you know get the two and the balance but i i'm the same way i i now have learned to speak to my ego as if it was somebody that i cared and loved for because the ego is a part of me and it's a part of our human experience here on earth while we're here we have to have the ego because the ego kind of is a tool for us. You know, it's a tool for us to navigate and it's really up to us to have the awareness um, in how, in which way to use the ego to kind of direct our paths. 
So for my listeners out there, you know, what are some tips when you're starting to work with the ego? You know, what are some tips that you could recommend as you learn to kind of fall in love with your ego again? You know, what are some tips that, you know, would positively serve them in trying to kind of reconnect themselves to the ego in a positive way? Mm-hmm. First word that comes to mind is observe, <laughs> observe, <Yeah>. observe, <laughs> do your best to stay observant of your ego versus getting wrapped up into it. Uh, And I think that can be immensely hard depending on what we're going through in our lives. And there are moments when I go through hardships, I'm enduring some sort of new trauma that's surfacing as a result of a relationship with someone in my life or something that just occurs out of the blue. Really, really nurturing just that love and compassion for the ego from that observational standpoint is is the greatest thing I could ever recommend to someone. I think being the observer of that part of ourselves helps us navigate from the place of our higher self. And that's what we kind of strive for in the spiritual community, right? We want to operate from this this level of divine light, whatever kind of verbiage you want to use about it. But it all comes down to being the and and it's a very complex kind of concept being the observer but it is also basic at the very same time so so, you know it it, people listening to this might be like okay well observe myself well yes observe yourself and and there's going to be moments when you're lost in your thoughts you're lost in your ego and it's about giving yourself pivotal moments of awareness that you can bring yourself back to that observance and And we can give ourselves pivotal moments of awareness through just pretty much programming our mind to start to recognize things within us. And there's a multitude of things that I could recommend in that aspect. It all comes back to observe. Just observe. Hold love and compassion for yourself, just like you would for other people. Yeah. And I literally just did a podcast on talking about compassion and holding compassion for yourself and how it just has this innate ability to lift all the burdens to lift that you know the heaviness of things in life right because life is heavy at times and there are times where we face chaos where we don't know how to handle things where we do know how to handle things but we don't know what direction to go let's be real you know life is a curveball (laughs) over and over and over and over again and so when we can have this beautiful connection with our ego we can learn to speak to it with respect there's something that changes on the inside, right? Like there's something that just changes. It's like, oh, I don't have to fight against myself anymore. I can fight for something using the tools that I have within myself. And I think that there's something that's really beautiful that comes from it. Absolutely. So I have a question for you. How do you feel? I just, I keep, as we're talking, just this, this concept of speaking to your ego as if it was a child. How do you think the ego relates to our inner child? Oh, that's a really good question. Let me think about that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I was like, I how am I going to break this down? Well, well, I don't, I think that they, you know, well, first of all, I think that you should talk to yourself as a child anyway, and not in the baby form of like, oh, you cute little thing. Not like that, but in a way that if you had a five-year-old staring at you, how would you speak to them? You wouldn't yell at them. You wouldn't get mad at them. You wouldn't, you know, 
you know, be mean or anything like that. Sure, you could show some assertion and stuff like that, but you wouldn't necessarily like cop an attitude or treat them disrespectful. And I think that for me personally, this is something that I've recently learned as I've been going through my own stuff, my own circumstances, is that when you can kind of hold that level of respect and compassion for yourself, and when you can speak to yourself in a way that you would your inner child, I think an ego naturally just kind of falls into place. Um, I don't think that you necessarily have to do a whole ton of work to, to move the ego into a place of, of, of having a better connection, but it, it's more about like the way that you speak to yourself and the way that your self-talk is aligns everything else to kind of fall in place. Does that make sense? That's kind mm -hmm. of how I see things. Um, so I've talked about this before, like, you know, when your ego peeps up and we're talking about in the sense of, you know, oh, let's see, let's, what's a good example, but like, let's say the ego is telling me I can't do something. I can't host this podcast. Let's just put that example out there. Well, then I'm going to sit there and I'm not going to yell at my ego. I'm not going to boast, you know, and be like, oh, get your ass out of here, you stupid ego and things like that, right? Because essentially that's me self-talking to myself. That's me saying, shut up, Christina. You don't even know what you're talking about, right? Because the ego is a part of me. Mm -hmm. So what I've learned over time is to say, hey, ego, like, I know you're trying to keep me safe in that regard, but you know what? This is something that is safe and it's something that's fun and exciting and I'm ready to go after and, you know, if you want to come and join me, you're more than welcome to, but hey, you got to like, take your hands off the wheel. You got to get <laughs> in the back seat or just like chill or like be an observer as well. And the same goes in the other way too, right? You know, if, if I'm like, oh, I freaking got this and I'm the best podcast host in the whole entire world and like, ain't nobody got this better than me. It's that same thing that ego, I feel like would come in and, and I'd have to tell the ego, hey, ego, like you're you're overreacting and you need to kind of calm down a little bit you know what i mean it would be the mm -hmm. same thing it was like this like nice way of self-talk does that make sense absolutely yeah absolutely and even as you say that one thing with the ego relating to your inner child i just i keep thinking about how my ego has evolved. You kind of just spoke to that a little bit. Like my ego has really changed and I feel like my ego is quote unquote like grown up a little bit yeah. with a lot of things. And it's because of those like pivotal moments of awareness where I'm observing and then I'm checking with myself and then redirecting. So choosing to think about things. It's it and so much of what then is triggering my ego are mm -hmm. based on past experiences that I dealt with when I was a child right. and and conditioning that I endured when I was a child and it's just really interesting to look at it from that aspect of I've nurtured my ego I've held compassion for it and it's therefore evolved and it's become easier <laughs> to deal with yeah if that even makes sense it, it it still speaks up all of the time like I don't think I will get to a point when it's just completely quiet maybe I don't know yeah. but my reality right now is that my ego is very much alive and well in my head but it's it's less of a conflict if that makes sense yeah the more yeah. that I work with it mm -hmm. and nurture it and love it it's less of this like five of wands crazy battle energy <laughs> <laughs> and more of just like love and understanding and compassion and 
Yeah, exactly. And and just as like a child would evolve as well and would grow and mature and be nurtured by others. Right. And there's this, yeah, there's this, this quote and I'm, I'm going to jack it up because yeah, I don't have a good memory when it comes to that kind of stuff, but um, it said something along the lines of when you're growing through something, right? You can't go around it. You have to go through it. Mm-hmm. You have to go through it. And when you go through it, guess what? That ego is going to pop up left and right, whether it's telling you that you're less than or what, whether it's telling you that you're greater than, whatever it is. And I think it's up to you as the observer, as you, so to speak, um, being able to have the awareness and, and the just being able to cultivate that awareness through that growth that really makes you integrate the lessons that you're learning in the first place. And I think it's really important to, to speak to the ego in that way because it does come in and teach you. You know, it comes in and it teaches you. It's a tool. It's a tool. It comes in and it shows you where you need work, where you need to heal, where you need to let go of things, where you need to come off your high horse. You know, it's, it's one of those things. And I believe you and I were talking about this a couple of days ago, but it's kind of like on this scale so to speak, right? What is it that you're saying? Like a scale? Yeah, I see it as a spectrum. So because for us humans on this earth, we like to talk about a lot in the spirituality world of things that like time doesn't exist, like nothing is linear. But the reality is our human lives, what we're doing in our meat suit, it's really fucking linear. We have a day we're born and we have a day we die. It's a very linear life that we are experiencing in this 3D reality we have right now. So that's why things like duality and and having polar opposites and seeing things along the spectrum works really well for us because that's just how our lives work. So therefore being able to apply that same concept to something like the ego, meaning that the one polar opposite end is your ego is telling you you're less than. It's the voice that is trying to protect you. It's trying to keep you small because it's safe. And on the very opposite end of the spectrum, the other polar opposite, you have the inflated ego telling you you're better than everybody and and you don't have to do, you don't have to work for anything because you are better than everything, right? And, And it's so, it's easier for us to think about it that way on that spectrum kind of then analyze like where am I and sometimes we do need to lean more into the inflated ego sometimes we need more of that energy so we're going to fall closer to that end of the spectrum if we're way to that end of the spectrum right then we have to look at well we're out of balance now but you can still skew a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left on that spectrum just depending on what you're moving with yeah I think about this a lot with like manifestation and what we talk about in the spiritual community, using energy to manifest things. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to have to be a little bit more confident than you might be otherwise in order to manifest something. You have to have this like surety, this more masculine driven, like this shit's happening kind of energy. Yeah. And one would argue then in those moments, your ego might be skewed closer to the end of being faded. But yeah. it's seeing where it serves a purpose and when and, and really just stepping into it and owning it for wherever it is. Yeah. So I have a question. And as you were kind of talking about it, I'm like, huh, that makes sense. You know, you're talking about this spectrum. And I love that because holy crap, does that work for so many different things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on this spectrum, right? We have 
one side or the other side. And it's kind of like this black and white thinking, but learning to kind of get into this gray area of like a balance, right? Gray area mm-hmm. of balance where you create your own alignment, right? Which that is a whole nother podcast to talk about because that's right. <laughs> a whole nother topic of conversation. But one thing that, that, you know, I'm thinking in my head, if I'm listening to this and I'm not really, I'm not really certain, or I'm not really sure of how my inflated ego would be something um, as being bad, right? Because like I said, some people could read that as confidence and some people could be like, well, what's wrong with you saying that you're the best freaking badass host, podcast host ever? What's wrong with that, right? Because we live in a society that loves to inflate the ego, boy, oh boy. Mm -hmm. You can look at, you know, different celebrities and things like that and you'll see an inflated ego. But do you think that the def- the inflated ego is a defense mechanism just as you know the the less than you know the you're not good enough is also a defense mechanism oh yeah i would i would argue yes because essentially it's just holding you back from that really uncomfortable conversation you have to have with yourself ultimately of, yeah. of what am I actually doing? (laughs) Like, what is my intention behind this? And that's what I think a lot of it goes back to is, okay, what's your intention behind everything? But I would totally, yeah, I would argue that it is definitely a defense mechanism. Yeah. And that's amazing. That's amazing. I see it in that way. Yeah. And how I even really started thinking about the ego on that spectrum too was in being in the spiritual community, hearing people talk about the ego being that voice that, you know, is and keeping you comfortable, keeping you small. I just kept thinking to myself, okay, I'm doing a lot of work. Like, why do I have this ego struggle voice? But then there's someone like Donald Trump, who like, I don't perceive him to be someone who questions himself. I perceive Donald Trump to be someone who's just so sure of himself and just, just on it in his mind and then have no doubt about his actions whatsoever. I'm like, how, how am I like, why do I have to deal with the ego, but Donald Trump doesn't? And I was like, oh, it's oh. because his ego communicates to him differently than mine does. Right. And that's because I'm more of a heart-centered being. Like, yeah. it comes down to, I'm an empath. Like, right. hell yeah, my ego is, is more often than not going to be, like, shitting on me. <laughs> right? More than, like, boosting. Because... Because right? I'm heart-centered, like, yeah. I'm always, like, caring for other people, and, and, you know, I want other people to do well, and, you know, I want them to be succeeding as a person, we're often, like, people pleasers, and <laughs> we'll yeah. put ourselves last just to take care of other people, right. so, yeah, it's just interesting to look at it from that point of view as, as well, that's what really ignited me to even think about it in yeah. this way, yeah. And, and so I look at Donald Trump and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I could see his inflation of the ego being a defense mechanism. Oh, so yeah. You have yeah. to really do the inner work and address. Right. Yeah. The vulnerability and having to be a heart-centered person because, well, his ego is inflated in his way. And, and I think that's what goes back to the importance of knowing yourself and knowing who you are. So that you can identify where you're kind of at on this spectrum of things, you know, and and how to kind of navigate that. Because if you do have an inflated ego, 
you know, you could say somewhat that it kind of gives you a little bit of oomph, so it might be okay. But if it's overinflated and you're shitting on people, then okay, you have some work to do. And on the other side, if you're so scared that you can't move or you're feeling paralysis because of your ego, then you have some work to do. Right. Um, you have some work to do. So it always boils down to you have some work to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think one thing that pops up a lot for me is my ego can be along that spectrum for different things at different yeah. points in my life. So it doesn't mean that like my ego is just always in this one spot. Ego is always here. Yeah. Depends. Like how is my day going? How is my overall trajectory of life going? What am I encountering? What are my experiences that are popping up? Right. And, and what are my past experiences and how have I reacted to those past experiences in the past? Because that greatly influences how my ego speaks to me in the now. Yeah. All of that is just constantly changing. So it's, it's not about it just being in one place and not moving or only moving a little bit. It's like my ego is constantly all over the place all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's about being able to check it, right? Like being able to like, where is it at? And that comes from observation. Mm -hmm. So while we wrap this up, what is one thing that you want to share with my listeners in regards to the ego? It could be anything you're like, oh boy. <laughs> oh gosh. Check yourself before you wreck yourself, people. <laughs> Looking like a true badass. <laughs> <laughs> just reiterate <laughs> being the observer in a sassy way. Uh, yeah, I seriously, that is something that I will talk about and preach about for the rest of my fucking life. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's your greatest advantage to really look at yourself objectively, nurture yourself, nurture all parts of yourself, and, and just acknowledge we're human beings. We're navigating this very human experience. We're constantly interacting with other human beings who aren't necessarily on the same spiritual path. They might not have a spiritual path quote-unquote, right, or an intentional spiritual path, I should say. We're constantly interacting with everything around us that is outside of our control, and so the best thing that we can really do is just kind of lean back, observe, and and work with all parts of ourselves and integrate, integrate it all. Yeah, spoken yeah. like a champ. That's why I love you, girl. <laughs> so where can my viewer, my viewers, my listeners find you on Instagram? I am at Mindful Mofo. And that's M-O-F-O, baby. Don't you forget that. <laughs> well, thank you, Shelby, so much for joining me. As always, it is a pleasure to discuss things with you. These are just our natural and normal conversations, guys. This is not something that <laughs> right, we plan or anything. We're just like, oh, let's just talk about the ego because we have a whole new idea of what it looks like or a whole new perception of things. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool to have a friend that we get to go deep on these dives together. So I love you. And thank you so, 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 so much for being on the podcast. I'm sure my viewers, why do I keep saying my viewers? My listeners <laughs> are going to love you just as much as I do. Yay, love you and thank you for the opportunity to be here. And it's so cool to support you in this movement that you're making. And oh, I just, I adore it. So thank you. You're welcome, girl. Talk to you soon. And to my listeners, you know, I love you. Have the best day ever. And we'll talk to you on the next round.